Hey everybody, welcome to the EquipCast. My name is Jim Jansen and I am your host and I just sat down with Stephen and Bree and Joe. Uh, they are members of a beautiful little parish on the edge of downtown Omaha called St. Francis Cabrini. It is a multi-generational, multi-ethnic parish and they sit down, we, we sit down and we, we kind of break open like What's going on there? How did how did this little community, which was dying and shrinking in seven years, reinvent itself and become really a beautiful kind of example of what a community of faith can be when they embrace a relationship with the Holy Spirit, when they embrace invitation and just simple outreach to draw people together into the person of Christ. So they talk about the invitation to lead, how they first got involved. They talk about persevering in invitations to get people connected, how they had to sometimes connect with people or make invitations to people up to 10 different times, how in this community, your gifts are named, that people notice you and notice the gift you have to offer and invite that gift, every gift, uh, how storytelling, a witness of an encounter with Christ and an encounter with the community is a part of every gathering they have. It's a beautiful, awesome, fun conversation. I think it's going to encourage you and give you some hope. So take a listen. Welcome to the EquipCast for the Archdiocese of Omaha. Designed to help leaders to transform their cultures, to embody the pastoral vision, to be one church, encountering Jesus, equipping disciples, and living mercy. We've got a great conversation today. Uh, there are four of us here together in, we'll call this a studio. It's not really a studio, but we're going to call it the uh, EquipCast studio today. Bree, Joe, Stephen, how are you guys doing? Doing well. Great. Great. It's a beautiful day and I don't have a rock in my shoe. I am. <laughs> I love that for you. Is that a, is that a normal thing? No, I'm it's gonna... a joke. I heard it. Okay. I'd see if it landed. It didn't. Yeah. <laughs> But okay. I'm good. I'm good. I thought it was a serious comment. I was like, yeah. That's I was good like, for you. It's like, oh, bummer. Okay. So, Stephen, <laughs> why don't you introduce, your, <laughs> introduce yourself a little bit? We're glad to hear that you don't have a rock in your shoe today. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'm Stephen Driscoll. I born and raised in Omaha, and I grew up in Our Lady of Wards, went to Grouse Catholic High School, and joined St. Francis Cabrini Parish six, maybe going on seven years ago now, which is kind of crazy. Wow. Yeah. That's been a while. Okay. Yeah. And we were just and down the street. I, I mean, I didn't end up going to Gross Catholic, but it was the same word to dad, like just like not too far. Right. Yep. Awards. For my day job, I uh, do development for University of Nebraska Foundation. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you. All right. Joe, Bree. Ladies first. Oh, thank you. Uh, my name is Bree Katulak. I am also born and raised in Omaha, Nebraska. I went to Holy Name for grade school and Marion High School. And we, Joe and I, have been at St. Francis Cabrini since October 2019. And during the daytime, I work for the Archdiocese. Joe Katulak, uh, third time's a charm, also born and raised in Omaha. Went to Holy Cross for grade school and prep for high school. Uh, Bree and I have been married now for almost seven years coming up on that and we've been like she said we've been at cabrini since 2019 uh i also happen to work for the church to see other side Bree raises money i spend money 
<laughs> I'm an architect uh, and I oversee our worship market at RDG Planning and Design. Nice. Yeah. And I've been in, I've been in a couple of your buildings. They're beautiful. Thank you. All right. So I've been looking forward to this conversation a long time. I'm going to offer just like a little bit of context here for, right, for those who aren't from Omaha or for whatever reason have not connected or, or know about St. Francis Cabrini Parish. I'll let you guys fill in the details, but Cabrini is one of the oldest parishes in the city one of the oldest in the archdiocese. I think it was originally what St. Philomena and then got renamed when the St. Francis uh, Xavier Cabrini uh, came through Omaha on a train. And anyway, she stopped, said hi to the Italian community. I don't think they renamed the church like that day, but after when she became a saint, they renamed it Old Italian Immigrant Neighborhood Community. And like many of the parishes kind of on the edge of the city was really, was experiencing some of the, the challenges of population shifts, decline. It was shrinking dramatically. Um, then, or what, about six years ago, seven years ago, Father Damien Zerlein's center as a pastor went from literally one of the largest parishes in the state to one of the smallest parishes. Uh, he's like, why is this still open? And the archbishop's like, well, we actually, we, we want to like, we want to give it a chance. It's like historic, like, and amazing things have happened there. I just, I think it was like a couple summers ago and I had heard about what was going on. We just came as a family and it was amazing to come to mass and see all of the young people there. I, I think is, is part of like what the story. So what did I, what did I miss there? There's been a lot to the story. We want to talk about kind of like what happened, but I, did I miss anything for context for people here? So right on the edge of the city, very trendy neighborhood now. Well, it's the cathedral before St. Cecilia's. So that's exciting. That's right. Same yeah. Same architect. I mean, we Same could, architect. I could go oh, down yeah. a rabbit hole, but let's <laughs> not go to the that. architectural. Yeah. yeah. So actually, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. It is the same. Really, it was same, the same architect. Only perhaps church in Omaha whose namesake has actually prayed in the church. Yeah, that's true. In the archdiocese, I should yeah. say. Yeah. St. Francis Cabrini actually went to the. Yeah, I don't think. That's pretty hard. I know none of the St. Patrick's can claim right. that. None of the St. Mary's can. Yeah. yeah. Our Lady of cool... Lords might have a tough time with that one. <laughs> Our Lady of Lords? Yeah. Holy Cross. I don't think the cross yeah, was that, there. That, that's a hard. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's awesome. That's like anybody can like, you can put it in the chat if anybody has like a, a challenge to that, but I'm pretty, pretty sure that that's going to stand. Okay. So tell us a little bit, like how did you all individually, how'd you first get connected with St. Francis Cabrini Parish? I'll keep it, try and keep this brief. Uh, so th this is where I feel like uh, it was a spirit-led thing. I knew Father Damien from St. Clum Kill, mm -hmm. uh, not super well, uh, but I had always liked him. And I was a little ways into my career trying to figure out what my life was and career was and was looking for some spiritual direction. And as I thought of people who I would feel comfortable doing that with, he came mm -hmm. to mind. I happened to have his phone number and uh, at the same time, I was looking to move downtown completely separate. And so I was just driving around one day and I saw this beautiful church that I'd seen before, but thought I should look at that one. Uh, it'd be a few blocks from home. I could walk there. So then father calls me back and we start talking. He said, yeah, I'd be open to spiritual direction. And I said, well, where are you even at now? And he said, St. Francis Cabrini. I thought, oh, okay, well, this seems like we're off to a good <laughs> That's start. Great. But kind of full circle for me, um, the parish now owns the old Christchild building. And growing up at Our Lady of Lords, they didn't have preschool. And so I actually went to preschool at Christchild. So it was this really cool so, sort of a full wow. circle moment 
like back to preschool to come back to uh these roots in a unique way and have just all these pieces align okay that's my beginning i would say our story is not nearly that cool but uh (laughs) um joe and i both grew up in east omaha he at holy cross as mentioned myself at holy name and like a lot of i feel like adults our age in Omaha, our parents are still very active at their respective parishes. Mm-hmm. And so when we moved back to Omaha full time, we did the constant switch between Holy Cross and Holy Name and just trying to make sure that we were at enough masses for one of our families and <laughs> then enough masses both. for the yeah. other. So um, we finally got to the point where we were just like, this is ridiculous. We're not getting, we are not getting community in either of these places, mm-hmm. both places, which we still very much love and are very involved in through our families, but we needed something for us. Mm-hmm. And as part of my job, um, I'm able to visit parishes and I went to a mass probably September, 2019. And I heard that Cabrini um, was starting at 5.30 p.m. on Sundays. And mm-hmm. um, that just really worked for us at the time because of a lot of other stuff that we had going on. And we also found out that this mass was specifically initiated for young adults. And so we were excited about that. So I went for a couple weeks without Joe and then finally made him come to a mass with me and the first mass he was in. Yeah. What'd you, fi- what'd you find when you came? One, it was a really intimate community the 5:30 masses i think had been going this was maybe week 5 or 6 of this 5:30 mass it hadn't been okay so this is right at the beginning it's yeah, not it's very yeah, okay. very early on in that in that process and as Bree said it, it worked for us it it didn't feel like we were rushing there or rushing afterwards mm-hmm. we kind of uh we we worked it into our our weekend routine and so it felt very natural to kind of end our weekend or start our work week with with yeah. the mass um, so that was really appealing. I think the the other thing is that we were both unknown at the time. Yeah. And so you could go to mass and you didn't have to engage with every person sitting in the pew because they weren't a family friend for the past 30 or 50 <laughs> sure. or 70 years of your family's existence in that parish. Good, bad, or otherwise, it was just it was a different experience and it felt like it was ours it, it felt like that sure. parish yeah. was ours peaceful yeah and it wasn't like oh i'm at point name i'm at breeze parish or for her she's at Holy Cross. she's at the two x parish it was this was this was our thing that we yeah. were doing as a married couple and like making it our own i think maybe based off what you guys are saying you probably perhaps feel this way too but for me growing up i grew up in our lady of wards so not far from Joe's home parish or um but growing up in those communities where you have several generations mm-hmm. of families all in the same neighborhood um it feels very connected um and it was just part of what we did church was a part of what we did and parents were involved but i think something switched for me when i found cabrini making the intentional decision mm. to join a parish to actually fill the form out and sign up, I'm going to be a part of this parish. It became very intentional. It became my own, not just something that I always did, um, but a place where I was choosing to now invest and grow in community. And so I think there was a little bit of a personal um, commitment there that that felt good. Um, It felt like, okay, I'm I'm choosing to belong here. And I want to highlight that because 
I think there's a stereotype right about young people or people from a certain age group, you know, generation or whatever, that there is an unwillingness to commit. And what I hear you saying is like, no, actually, I wanted to. It felt really good. It's just I wanted to do it at a place that I felt like I fit in, that, mm-hmm. I, that I felt like I was a part part of it. Right. What For those who, who have not experienced it, like in your own words, like what is Cabrini, what does Cabrini feel like? What is this? What does this parish feel like? I mean, it's beautiful architecture, but it's way deeper than that. Family. Yeah. Say more about that. Yeah. I would say Cabrini is our family for sure. I mean, we've made very quickly like lifelong friends who feel like they've always been part of our lives. and We've Mm -hmm. only known them for four years, if even. And so I would say that. And like Joe said, there's just such a level of reverence with Cabrini. Like we are Mm -hmm. very, we have a lot of fun. We are entertaining. We are this, we are that. But in mass, like it's peaceful. It's calm. It's welcoming. It's just the environment just feels like you're supposed to be there. Mm. And this, and I want to highlight because there's a couple of parishes that are, I mean, most of our parishes, I mean, in, although there's different styles, like have beautiful liturgies, but this is not like when you say like, it feels like home, it feels reverent. It's not a particular, I would struggle to label a liturgical style to Cabrini other than it's just clear that the people who are there know each other and they know each other at like a personal level. Mm-hmm. But it's not just, you know, for those who are listening, thinking, oh, okay, this is a particular liturgical style. It's like, I would have a hard time putting it in a box. It doesn't feel that different liturgically from another parish. What feels different is people know each other and like each other. It's a it's a culture, I think, and intentionality behind that. And it does, it feels like home. It feels, I think it's been a pillar in my life of pillar of support joy of um you know having really family that you can go to um through highs and lows and and just know that it's going to be there um those people are going to be there and Mm -hmm. um but like you said it's not it's amazing to have that deep of a connection with one person but to have it with so many Mm -hmm. is just really so special how did that happen give people like a little bit of a, a glimpse as to like how does the community get deeper than just a superficial knowing of one another or even just a length of time? Because Brie, you spoke to that. It's not like we've known these people that long, but we feel like we really know them. How did that form? So I think there's there's a couple of things happening. One, yeah, obviously Cabrini's experiencing growth right now, but it's still a very small parish, right? The, the mm-hmm. I think probably 300 people max, right? Mm-hmm. Shoulder to shoulder in Cabrini and you look at some of the newer newer churches uh, out in West Omaha that are seating fourteen and fifteen hundred people. That's a, yeah. there's a scale there that's just different. So I think there's that opportunity to have that level of intimacy, but you just have maybe another thousand people to work work around to find that level of intimacy. So I don't think it's it's not because oh Cabrini's small, it has this this intimate feel to it, this family feel to it. I think that can be captured anywhere. So I just want to set right. the table with that. Right, because there are small places where it's like, I feel like a stranger here. And it's just, you know, and there's big places where it feels like, oh, actually, I feel known and I connect here. Totally. But I think a lot of it has to do with the level of empowerment or ownership of the parish. And I I think that happens day one after the first mass uh, as a visitor there. And it's also apparent with 
the folks who have lived two blocks away from Cabrini the entirety of their life. And, and it's, it's been a little bit of a, of uh, some growing pains maybe for, for some of the, the parishioners to understand this influx, maybe understand this, Mm -hmm. why we're doing these activities or why we're spending money on, on this ministry or that ministry. Mm -hmm. But I think because there's such a strong level of ownership that if you see somebody new at a mass, that's your regular mass, you're not, Oh, why is that? Why is that new person sitting over there? At the end of mass, you walk around and you go introduce yourself to that person. It's not a yeah. So they've they've left mass and they've met or shook hands with four people that they did not plan on shaking hands with that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a there's a culture of invitation there, which I, I noticed when we visited. That you know that like there were a couple of. I mean, I couldn't tell who was new. I knew I was new, but I couldn't tell who was new and who wasn't. But I noticed right away after mass, there were a number of people that were like, somebody had somebody had gone and introduced themselves, and they were in a conversation and making friends. Say more about that. How did it develop? Well, I think going back to when I first joined the parish, I was thinking, how do I get involved? And so you go through like the typical thing: I could mow, I could do this. How do I meet people? And I just started signing up for things just to just to try and meet people. But I remember Father Damien, coincidentally, we're having a, a young adult gathering this evening. Um, and about five years ago, he had a gathering in his home with some wine and cheese. And he simply asked, how can I serve you? Yeah. I think taking the time to actually hear people's response to that mm. and listen how they want to be, need to be served, connected with, uh, was just such a humble beginning to that. And I know that was just one instance where that sort of conversation took place. But then to really take that and put it into action is, is the big part. And it, it started small. I think it started with just trying things and some worked better than others. Mm-hmm. And uh, But it took a, a team of people who were willing, to, as Joe was saying earlier, to to take ownership and to utilize and share their gifts in ways that they could start inviting people. And so we've done a number of different things. Alpha is a big one um, of just beginning that invitation, getting an opportunity to experience community, to share where you're at, Mm -hmm. to meet people where they're at on their faith journey. And then I think as you build that community and build that trust and vulnerability with people, um, so much starts to flow from that. And then you start to see the Holy Spirit kind of in action. So it started off, in, at least in my experience, pretty small. It was just, here's a group of people who want to be engaged. Let's start there. And then after that, we asked mm-hmm. those people, who can you invite? And then we asked those people, who can you invite? And so it became more and more just growing kind of organically. But in doing that, again, it was giving people helping people to see their gifts and ways in which they can share them um, to the service of others. I think also, and I don't know if Father Damien would say this in his own way, but um, he exudes just in his own, how he carries himself, but this level of invitation Mm -hmm. as well as like an expectation for that invitation, whether he realizes that or not. Um, but mm-hmm. he set this like precedence and Doug and Ann um, caught on to it. And then the parish council, leadership team, all the staff. And that has since that 
hospitality, that invitation. We're very intentional about some of that. Um, like we have a hospitality ministry, but I would say that's also present in everyone that's been at Cabrini for at least two years. Like, right. Yeah. You just, it's more than just the staff or the pastor or the mm-hmm. specialist. It's more than just the hospitality team. It's like everybody's on the hospitality. Yeah, team. exactly. And, and it's never been said or established that way. It's just kind of like, this is how father Damien carries himself. And so we're all kind of unintentionally leading by example. Like he is always so invitational, so welcoming, so chatty, always ready to talk to you and invite you to something. And I think everyone else just, just kind of picks up on that and says, oh, okay, this is this is how we do things at Cabrini. And so like Joe mentioned earlier, you come into mass, you're a new person. By the time you leave, you're probably like, okay, I get it. <laughs> Like, <laughs> well, five separate people have talked to me already. I get it. You want me to be here. Thanks. And I think we try and balance it in a way too, where it doesn't feel hopefully ever pushy either, but yeah. just a very uh, sort of organic, uh, welcoming environment. Well, I've heard you guys have gotten letters from people who are visiting because you're close to downtown. Mm-hmm. People will be in for like a conference or a marathon or whatever. They're, they're there for something else. College they're World like, Series. College World Series. Yeah, huge, right? So they're there. They're like, oh, okay, what's, you know, do the Google search. Where's the close church? They go to Mass and then they send you a letter saying, I feel like I got noticed. And then, like, you know, and I travel all around the country running marathons or following my favorite team. And you all said hi to me, like you noticed me, like you've gotten consistent feedback that there's something different about the way newcomers are received. I think there's also a great sense of joy within the community. People are happy to see each other. They're happy to spend time together and to share this community that we're all very excited about and proud of, and we want more people to experience it. I think one of the things that is said, and I'll credit this to Ann Lenz, is she always reminds us it's not our job to change people's heart. It's the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. We just have to love on them. And so I think trying to approach people in that way, and it's repeated. And so you start to hear it and you you experience it. So then you believe it. Mm-hmm. I want you guys to talk a little bit. You mentioned Alpha earlier, and then you just mentioned you know, the Holy Spirit. I know like an introduction to the person of the Holy Spirit is a big part of Alpha. I'm just curious. I know like, so forgive me if you're like, I don't know, I didn't prepare this, but what percentage of people at a mass would you say have been a part of an alpha where they actually like they they know the person of the holy spirit and when somebody says hey let the holy spirit do his stuff you just you just go make a friend and make an invitation how many people were like yeah and actually i know who the holy spirit is like what what percentage would you say have been through an alpha or maybe shared a small group where like they've got that spiritual experience in common at the 5.30 mass, probably almost, I'd say it's up over 80% of the people that show up at 5.30 mass have gone through at least one alpha course. We've just wow. finished, I think in this, let's see, this last session of alpha, I think was our 14th alpha session. And yeah. so we've had, it's a couple hundred people have gone through alpha. Not all are part of the parish or, or some don't even live here. Um, we've done virtual ones, yeah. uh, but they've met people and, and participated in that way. So it's it's quite a few. Yeah. Well, so that's it. Wait, just a couple hundred people. And you, Joe, you were saying earlier, how many people are showing up for mass on a weekend? Well, when we counted in October at 530 p.m., there were 71 people at that mass. 71 people. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd say I mean, probably the about not that big. 40 no. to 
yeah, I'd say probably on any given night, 40 people at 530 have gone through an alpha course. Yeah. yeah. Whether it was a young adult one over the summer or one of the, I don't know, all ages, all adult ages, I guess. I don't yeah. know how you want to say so this that. This is like more than half of the congregation for any given mass and more than half probably, of the, yeah. more than half of the parish or people who would be regulars on the roll. Mm-hmm. They have this common spiritual experience of kind of a conversion moment and introduction to the person of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. They've probably experienced a small group. Like, I know that's a big part of it. Too. It's a part of Alpha, but it's also, maybe we talk about that now. Like, tell people about these Cabrini groups that you guys are doing. Alpha was kind of the introduction for people, that opportunity to experience what a small group is like and being vulnerable and building trust and community in that way. So that was kind of people's first glimpse. But what we try and focus on is what is the path of discipleship path to discipleship so it doesn't just end at alpha um and one of the big ways we've done that is cabrini communities what's a cabrini community yeah so cabrini community is what could be anything right uh steven and i are actually in a community together there's uh, six of us in our group all in our 30s more or less (laughs) <laughs> and we get together once a month. Uh, we meet at 8 p.m. at night because that allows uh, one of the guys to make sure he's there for bedtime. Yeah. And we're supposed to go to 10. I don't think we've ever hit even th- His kid's anything. His bedtime, not ours. Yeah. 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 We've never <laughs> gotten close to 10. We're like 11, 11.30. We just go on forever. Um, this but, is like a weeknight. Just- yeah, just a month, uh, second Monday of the month. And we have pizza and beer or Stephen made chili the other couple months ago and we do a little Alexio Novena. There's a video that's been produced. Luckily, we have some very talented individuals within the parish. Uh, Shout out to Adam Turner, who does all our video production for us. Um, So it's father and some guest speakers there. There's a topic. There's a reflection. There's questions. Um, It's really just trying to build a spiritual life together within this community. But there's, there's groups of new couples there's, couples, there's uh, people that people have been married 50 years young children uh men's groups women's groups um all ages the, groups yeah yeah and they started really kind of joe mentioned so there's a set structure if you will to guide us through our time together but again a big component of it too is hospitality and welcoming mm-hmm. people into your home and building that deep relationship so the idea with these communities is that they're ongoing they don't Mm. They don't end. Mm-hmm. Right. Because Alpha is like, you know, eight week course usually ends with a retreat. Not everybody maybe knows that. But these are like, no, this is just like we're going to share life together. Life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and the idea, I think, too. So we've started. We've had two cohorts go through. Not, I shouldn't say go through. We've started a first cohort. That's about a year in. Um, and then we just started the second cohort of Cabrini Communities in January. And Last I had heard, we had something like 250 people in Cabrini communities with over wow. 34 individual communities. So um, they come in all shapes and sizes, but we're all following sort of the same content, same um, program each month. And yeah. then, which is like it's food, it's prayer, little formational video. Yeah, discussion, um, just talking about life and how do we use our faith to grow as. In, in our lives and support each other along the way. And again, just for context, like 250 people involved in these groups, roughly how many groups? 
There's 32 or 34 groups, okay, including the six groups. that we just onboarded this January. Okay. And like, again, roughly 250 in for a parish whose weekend mass <laughs> attendance is... A <laughs> couple hundred? Yeah, a couple yeah. hundred. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. We even have a group that they meet. It's all people who have met at Cabrini, um, but now are all over the country because work or family. Mm-hmm. And so they do theirs via Zoom. So we have a group that that's all over the place and meets still um, to maintain that sense of community and, and spiritual growth. We have a Creighton student group that formed and they formed because they were getting ready to graduate and they wanted to have this structure in place so that they could stay connected Nice. after they went their separate ways for life, basically. So do they do it online? Yeah, right now they're meeting in person, but the goal is that they have this foundation to be able to keep it going when they are across the country. That's awesome. Joe and I um, have had the privilege to welcome in one of the new cohorts, which is a couples group. And so Joe and Steven are in an all men's group. I'm in an all women's group. And then we've had this awesome privilege. And we found out actually at our first January meeting that one of the couples is going to be moving to Tennessee Mm. in April. And part of the reason that they wanted to get established with this group was hopes that they could keep it once they're moved. And the group seems really open to it. So, I mean, that's amazing. I just thank you for sharing this because I think if somebody just walks in, you feel the difference, but you may not get a chance to peek under the hood and recognize, oh, wow, a huge number of the people here have had this experience of really getting to know like the fundamentals of the faith, the person of Jesus, the person of the Holy Spirit. And then the reason it feels like they know people here is because they really know people here, right? We get together Mm -hmm. every Wednesday for beer and pizza and we're really sharing prayer and we're really talking about our faith. You wouldn't necessarily know that. You'd see that there's something different, but you wouldn't necessarily know what what made that. I want to give you guys the opportunity because we talked about, I think a lot of people look at Cabrini and say like, oh my gosh, how do you get young people involved? Because that, that I think is at least visually, besides like the beauty of the church, one of the most striking things that people are like, oh my gosh, there's like, look at all the people, <laughs> look at all the people under 40. But the invitations to get people involved, like I want to give you a chance to break that down. Because I think, yes, it's true that once you have young people involved, then other young people are like, hey, cool, people like me, and they get involved. But it didn't necessarily, it hasn't always been this like, you know, 30 something, you know, young, young Mecca. How did that get started? Well, we initially had that, I mentioned earlier, this kind of gathering at Father Damien's house. And he asked how people wanted to be engaged, how they wanted to be supported um, in their spiritual journey. Uh, And some different things came from that, one of which was this opportunity to meet other young people. I think mm. in my experience anyway, as you go through college, um, which you're very connected and involved and there's mm-hmm. social circles there, and then you begin your career, maybe you've moved. Um, what does that look like? You lose all of the social structure that you've had. And so right. I found myself, and I think in talking with other people, that there's this deep sense of people longing for to belong, to have community, um, yeah. to feel that there's a place, you know, that, that they are part of. And so filling that, that gap, you, you look for that in different ways, but I think finding a place where you can build it with authentic relationships. Mm-hmm. And when you're able to form a, a relationship with faith as 
the foundation. I think it's just so much more depth to it. We can sit and joke when we hang out, but we also can have really deep, meaningful conversations. And so being able to go between those two things is just so beautiful. Yeah. But long-winded answer would be, I think we started with asking what people what they want and then starting to build community and first and foremost in a way that felt welcoming, um, that didn't feel judgmental, really just a, a social opportunity for people to meet. And as they felt more comfortable, then continuing that invitation. There's people that we've invited, and I'll use Alpha for an example, probably 10 times to Alpha, and finally they come. Um, but yeah. it doesn't always happen right away. And so just continue, yes. continuing yeah. to invite people over and over if needed in a way that letting them know we're here, we're supportive, um, and that when you're ready, we want to walk with you on that journey and that you're not alone in that process. So some of it's letting it people, I think, come to it in their own time, but creating this sort of community where they feel safe and um, comfortable and, and then the other stuff starts to kind of build on top of that. Stephen, you've mentioned a couple of times, you know, Father Damien gathering this group of like, okay, what do you want? Wasn't the answer like, we want a community? Like we want this? Like, you know, he's like, all right, we'll have some, we'll have some wine and cheese. We'll we'll just get together and we'll have a conversation, maybe pray a little bit. What do you guys want? And the answer was, we want this. It it was, yeah, essentially. And then uh, we've built a lot of ministries since then. Alpha began after that. Um, We've had book clubs. We've done uh, service. There's monthly service we do Mm -hmm. at Santa Francis House. I mean, all sorts of things. And what's great about having those different offerings mm-hmm. is people can find what they're comfortable with, where they feel like their gifts are best suited. Um, and, and that's okay if one thing's not mm-hmm. the right fit for everyone. So just having some options for people to begin exploring and going a little bit deeper into their journey and, and into relationship with the community. But just to be clear, it sounds like those things came afterwards seems like the first thing was just kind of this organic invitation, kind of a gathering of people. And it seems like those additional opportunities, although they're generating momentum in themselves, they were a fruit of people initially getting together and finding a connection with the Lord and a connection with each other. Yes. And I should say, like, I use the example of the service at uh, Sienna Francis House. That was a young adult who said, I feel called to share my gifts in a way of service. Could I start a monthly service night where we go and help Mm. with a meal? And so that was a fruit of their experience. And most of the ministries we have, the book club, same thing. Um, Most of them. Adoration Adoration was a young adult who wanted that -hmm. opportunity. Um, These are people who said, I want this. Can I do it? Right. Not like... Mm -hmm. It wasn't this, and it's a subtle difference. It wasn't like, hey, I want this. Can you, father, staff, whatever, can you do it? It's like, and I think father and Ann and Doug and uh, asking people to take the lead on it, the people who bring yeah. the idea forward, yeah, let's look at that. Can you help organize it? And so then it's an opportunity for them now to engage further, to share their gifts. Mm-hmm. And when we have things that come up through the parish, whether that's father or the parish council, like Cabrini communities, as an example, mm-hmm. our small groups, 
father's way of walking with and asking if that's what people want has continued. So Mm -hmm. if something has come up that hasn't come up from a parishioner themselves and it's something that's been brought to the forefront of the minds, they always ask and loop us in. So it's like, Mm -hmm. hey, we're we're turning on this idea. We think this could be something cool. But like, what do you guys think? Do you is this something you would be interested in? Mm -hmm. Are you open to it? Are you not open to it? And this isn't just a young adult thing. I mean, this is Anne asking a bunch of people after mass or mm-hmm. however that's happening. Um, but just that continued intention to meet people where they're at and continue to figure out ways to invite them to walk on this path of discipleship that they're actually going to be interested in. So they'll mm-hmm. participate in it has been, um, has been great. And I think is the reason that people continue to stay involved is because they're involved in the process of making the decision and helping form and create this, even if it wasn't their idea to begin with. Yeah. We haven't talked about this explicitly, uh, or at least the the part about kind of drawing people into leadership, but you're kind of, you're kind of getting there. There's this path, right? Where people are like, oh, they, you know, they get involved. They've got a friend, they're getting connected. They have this moment where they're like, you know, alpha or whatever, where they're connecting with the Lord, they're getting in a Cabrini community, and then people are invited to like, to take a leadership role. How does that go? And I want to give you a chance to like, talk about your stories, because I know just a little bit that like, yeah, how, how did you get invited into leadership? But I think probably our answers are all basically the same. Anne Lenz, uh, <laughs> love Anne to death. And she's absolutely wonderful at just walking up and saying, Hey Joe, would you be interested in lecturing at five 30? Like you've been kind of subbing in when we needed somebody, but we'd like you to go through the process and, and be able to, to lecture at five 30. Um, yeah, I never really considered, but sh- sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it. So, um, it's, it's been personal invite and it's probably for all three of us in the room, personal invite from somebody to say, Hey, we think you, we see you, we see your gifts and we think you would be a delight in this role. And then you are, then it's fun. You're, you're involved, you're engaged. And I think that's across the board. You know, we have folks who are in leadership roles at all age levels Mm -hmm. across the parish and the different ministries. I think having someone point out that they see, recognize your gifts is was really transformative for me. Sometimes someone says something and you think, well, do I have that? And then then a person sorry, oh yeah, no, you totally have that. And it's like, oh, I do? Um, but now that my gift yeah. has sort of been named and identified, I can better use it. So I think, you know, we've done called and gifted. That's sort of a formal program to help people um, discern their gifts of the Holy Spirit and how they can use them. But that to me was really transformational. And then just seeing where people are comfortable sharing their gifts too. One of my favorite mm-hmm. examples is um, there's a woman in our, our parish who says her best way to share her gifts is to feed people. She loves, <laughs> she, she likes to cook. She Love loves it. to see people full and happy and how people gather around a table and the conversations that happen. And that's her favorite way to serve the parish is to, yeah, to provide food. And, I would be 20 pounds lighter if she wasn't there and I thank her every time for it. Uh, no, I joke in between alphas that I always lose 10 pounds. I don't really. Um, but 
it's awesome and it's so important to have that and so if it wasn't there a huge aspect of hospitality would be missing from the different things that we do and so just i love that example because you think oh well cooking isn't a spiritual gift oh but it is because we're now gathered around a table sharing beautiful conversation and getting to grow and walk together so I love that. I love that there's opportunities, regardless of what you feel your your gifts are, to share mm-hmm. them, um, to dive deeper into them, and um, also for people to recognize gifts in each other and, and actually share that. That's right. hard to do. Uh, it takes courage to share that. It also is hard to receive it. So that's been really beautiful. Anne has this incredible knack, and I think Doug has it too, but for really recognizing gifts that people have mm-hmm. and being so intentional, like Joe and Steven have been saying about inviting people to really specific things. Um, but I think they also do a great job of looping other people into that. So saying, mm-hmm. hey, I don't really know this couple real well, but like, what do you know about them? Can you Do you think I'm trying to decide between like these two Cabrini communities to... Mm-hmm invite them to but do you know which one they might fit in better with and so i think um just their general approachness to involving everyone but recognizing mm-hmm. those gifts is such a gift in itself mm-hmm. and i think to steven's point about food one of the things that i think we all know about cabrini but we maybe don't explicitly talk about except when we're just saying over and over again that we eat a lot um <laughs> is that probably learned through alpha, but we have so many times that we're together where it's so intentional with food. So yeah, like alpha, it starts with the meal and sharing that with your table. Um, we've also since developed that into Cabrini family dinners. So once a month we get together after yeah, Sunday mass, 5.30 PM. Um, everyone in the parish, every single person's invited kids, families, older adults, young adults, everyone. Um, but food is like some of the foods provided. So typically like the main ish course, mm-hmm. and then it's a potluck from there. And, um, someone shares their story mm-hmm. during that time together. And it's usually like a two hour ordeal, but it legitimately revolves around food. It's called Cabrini family dinner. Um, tonight, Steven mentioned we have a young adult event. All of those always have food and drink at them. Um, Alpha always has food and drink. So I think there's just the way that we formed our Cabrini communities. <laughs> um, Father, Doug, and Anne really emphasize that those include some sort of food, whether that's a whole meal like our two groups do or if it's just like wine and cheese. But that time to be together as a community is so important in addition to the part where we're really intentional about intentional about our prayer lives. Um, and so that I think is also been transformational for the parish is just really being intentional about this, just this time together where we're not just sitting in mass and not talking to each other, but Mm -hmm. this time spent really intentionally together sharing. Yeah. Well, it's like the food gives this and the relationships give a context for then you, you just kind of mentioned in passing, but like someone shares their story. Say a little bit more about that because I don't think this isn't necessarily like, hi, I grew up in South. I mean, people are like, they're telling their short, their story of like where they had an encounter with the Lord. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's exactly what it is. It's, it might be a little bit about how they, how they came to Omaha, how they came to Cabrini, you know, um, how they met their spouse or the, or their family or a little bit, just like, you know, context mm-hmm. to know sure, the person. Yeah. But, you know, we've had, 
we've had individuals talk about um, their struggles with various addictions. We've had individuals talk about really traumatic uh, life experiences. Yeah. To, a, to the faith. Yeah. To a room of 100, 150 people. Some they may know, some they may not. Mm-hmm. And they're speaking for 10 minutes about, I mean, really profound uh, and moving stories of, of faith and life and family and friendship mm-hmm. and, and, and kind of the, the spirit is at work in, in all of that. And, um, very emotional, of, yeah. you know, for the whole room. There's a level of intimacy that gets built in that regard. And that's a really big way to build that level of intimacy. But I think also, you know, Stephen uh, gets this all the time in in an alpha. Oh, it's just so great to see a young person up and kind of leading, you know, Stephen MCs for us for alpha. Oh, it's so great to see a young person. And I would say that that's wonderful, but it's also it's really great for us as the quote unquote young people to A, feel seen, be recognized, but also to learn from the experience that's in the room um, of these couples that have been married for 50 plus years of these people who've been widowed for the last 20 and what their life is like now or whatever their journey has been. Mm -hmm. So them sharing their story is just as important as us sharing ours or being involved in having that level of engagement. It's a a two-way street. It's not just, oh, get the young people there. It's we no, we also want that experience in the room. We want to hear your story. We want that maybe mentorship is a good word to yeah. use. Well, I love I mean, you're kind of breaking down the stereotype that young people only care about being with young people. And you're like, no, please. Mm-hmm. Like that's it's beautiful to have a multi-generational faith community. My first alpha small group that I participated in, I was the youngest person in my small group at the time. I think I was twenty-four. And the oldest person in my alpha small group at the time was 84. And so she would reference, you know, well, before Vatican too. And I'm thinking, oh, wow. Uh, But it was such a unique perspective (laughs) (laughs) that I didn't have. And on conversely, she loved hearing my perspective on things because she's like, it's so refreshing. It's so new. And so it it is yeah it's so rich to share such a broad perspective and the other thing i would say that's really special about the parish that i don't want to miss is i think much of its story is still the same it still is an immigrant parish in a lot of ways it's mm. we have a a large latino population and sudanese population and there's Just a still general the transplant population. Trans- We've got people plan, from yes. all across the country. Right. Yeah. Right. Moving to Omaha, living in downtown that walk up the hill to you go to Cabrini. All yeah. ages. You have, you know, people who still are from kind of these old Omaha Italian families. And so it's just so rich with cultures and perspectives and ages and, uh, you know, experience. Um, it's, it's so nice. It's so cool to see that. Yeah. I think that's the other thing that sometimes gets confused about Cabrini is like the we all mesh and mash together. It's we do have a large young adult population, but almost all of our young adults also know all the adults, the older adults, Um, (laughs) the non young adults. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Which, like Stephen said, just makes for this beautiful culture that we have. Father has done this beautiful Lent and Advent um, Bible study is kind of when it seems to fall. And so 
I got to sit with my good friend, Raydell, for one of our Bible studies. And then our younger adult friends, Alicia and Lauren, um, came and sat with us at this table. And Raydell is a retired school teacher. And Raydell's probably in her 80s. And she um, was scolding us for not having done the homework and then simultaneously yeah. laughing at us because yeah. we were not prepared to answer anything. Um, but just like made the experience so joyful because it was great to sit with her and like Stephen said, share in this d- very different perspective of yeah. what she had read versus what we were obviously catching up on because we hadn't done the homework. Um, but it was great because then the next week we knew that we needed to be prepared because if not, we were all going you, to be in trouble. Yeah, Red was going to get you. Exactly. That's awesome. In the nicest way possible because yeah. she's the best. But So... I mean, our time is just like totally flown here. I just want to give you a chance, like for somebody listening who's like, okay, I want that. I want that for my parish. Yeah, like this is not an advertisement to get everybody to move downtown <laughs> and join Cabrini. But if you want uh, to, yeah. no. But but like, how do you, like, if you, if you were, again, you know, non, non-professional, you know, you're not on staff at Cabrini, but you're like, if somebody's like, okay, I want that for our community. What would you what would you recommend? Just like a first first baby step. Just start start somewhere and don't overthink it. I think uh asking people hmm. what they are needing, wanting, um, and listening to that response can be really beautiful, both for the knowledge gained and for someone to be heard. Yeah. And then beginning, but doing it intentionally. I also want to just say hmm. that we talk about all these different things we do, but they really are rooted in prayer mm-hmm. and uh, prayer together, communal prayer, individual prayer. And so beginning with intentionality, beginning with hospitality, meeting people where they're at, but just start somewhere. We started with a gathering at a home. Yeah. And that's led to many, many things. And so while it sounds like a lot, probably to hear all these things we're talking about, it that's not how it started. It's grown um, out of out of a small gathering yeah that's awesome thank you kind of two kind of things that piggyback on one another is i think people are genuinely waiting for an invitation yeah and when i say that i mean there's there's a family out there that is just dying to get involved just Mm -hmm. literally sitting on pins and needles waiting to get involved in their parish that they're going to mass and maybe their kids are attending the school and if you're an activator in your parish, which you probably are since you're listening to the Equip cast, mm-hmm. go find that family, go find that couple, go find that individual and just ask them, hey, we see you, you know, we've seen you at mass, we've seen you, the parish fundraisers, would you like to be involved in X, Y, and Z? And I'm going to guess that they're going to say yes, because they're just, they're waiting, but they're waiting for that invitation. And two, those invitations do not come from social media accounts. You know, it's yes, not, it's not a, that's not an invite. That's information for people to double check and make sure that, you know, Ash Wednesday service is at 1130 uh, on mm-hmm. Wednesday and not at noon or, or some other time. That's what those platforms are for. Those are not for invitation. That's awesome. Yeah. I would say don't discount food and drink. Um, I think like Steven said, it can be so simple, but I think just starting with that small group, I mean, like Steven said, that really is what began everything at Cabrini. 
And I think a lot of times Cabrini really gets associated with alpha and we don't discount that at all. I mean, definitely alpha is so important and has been ingrained in the culture of Cabrini. But I think if you're thinking alpha is not going to work for us, it's such a formalized program or something to that effect. That's great. Start smaller, like start with just having a couple people host with food and drink and just beginning whatever that journey looks like. Um, but that invitation to, to participate. I think a lot of it comes back to allowing the Holy spirit to lead to, I think that's reiterated time Mm -hmm. and time again between, um, father Damien and Deacon Doug, Mm -hmm. just let the spirit lead and trust that it'll lead where we need, where we're searching for. Um, and it does, it's surprises us time and time again. Mm -hmm. So be open to that too, along the way. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for sharing a little bit of your story. Oh, Bree. Can I say one more thing? Yes. Um, I just want to say, so I, Joe and I mentioned how we both grew up at Holy Name and, or we both grew up in Omaha at different parishes and Stephen as well. And I think one thing about us not necessarily like leaving those parishes to go find our own is find somewhere that feels good to you. Like where Mm -hmm. is a parish where you walk in and you feel at home? Like Joe mentioned earlier, you can find this in a parish that's mega sized. You can find it in a tiny Mm -hmm. parish, but you just have to find somewhere that the Holy Spirit is calling to you where this place feels good in your heart in your soul. Like this is where you're meant to belong. And so I think that's such a critical part of being Catholic in Omaha is we have these beautiful built traditions that are very scary to leave. Mm. And at some point you have to know if that is right for you, that's great. And if you need to find a different home, that's okay too. But obviously stay Catholic. (laughs) Thank you. All right. So everybody, those of you who are driving, just wait till you get to your destination. But you know somebody who needs to hear this, somebody who needs the encouragement. Um, just simple reminders, right? Let the use food, let the spirit lead, uh, make some invitations. So go ahead and share this out with a friend. And yeah, Bree, Joe, Stephen, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.